key issue is getting the concentration of phosphorus down. And if we reduce that, then every gallon of water that comes off a farm field will have less phosphorus and we'll end up with a smaller load. And so that's really what the emphasis has been. There have been some very impressive studies called edge of field studies where they um, literally measure all the phosphorus coming off of an entire farm in order to determine how this works. So there's progress being made. Um, this is all very new, so we are not going to see immediate changes, but the monitoring of the phosphorus concentrations over time, which is uh, work actually done by Heidelberg University, they measure phosphorus concentration in the river, uh, the Maumee River specifically, will let us know how well all these efforts are going. It's going to be a couple of years before they really start having an impact, but the changes are happening now. So we will start, I think within a couple of years, we'll start seeing noticeable differences in the phosphorus concentration. What harmful effects do algal blooms have on the lake, uh, specifically how they affect us? I mean, if I were to go to a beach on Lake Erie this summer, say somewhere uh, near Monroe in southeast Michigan, uh, should I avoid the water? The key time to avoid the water is if it looks clearly discolored, especially if there's a scum. And I should also say that uh, if you have, you know, pets, dogs, they should stay out of the water because this is a toxin that's the potential issue. If the water is not discolored, there is not a reason to stay out of it. And we produce a, a bulletin a couple times a week anyone can um, subscribe to that actually shows where the bloom is uh, around the lake. Speaking like with Monroe, for example, the prevailing wind directions uh, do push the bloom around. So if we have a steady westerly wind, for example, there will be less bloom at Monroe. So it could be quite, could be quite good. If we have a southwest wind, you may, not want, you may not want to go to a beach in Ontario. If we have a northeast persistent northeast wind, then Monroe might have an issue. But it really does depend on that. And we can forecast those pretty well out. We do that several days now, but we also know where the bloom is. So it's pretty easy to, to plan appropriately within a week or so as to what you're going to do. The size of the bloom does not necessarily uh, determine the toxicity of, of the bloom. Um, what does? There are uh, several factors that affect the toxicity. The first one is the amount of nitrogen in the water. Phosphorus determines how much of a bloom there will be. Phosphorus is what we call the limiting nutrient. So there's not a, there's a lot of nitrogen in the lake, but rel relatively little phosphorus. So as it grows, the bloom runs out of phosphorus first. So you add more phosphorus, it, it'll grow more. That becomes the fertilizer. But the toxin, microcystin, uses a lot of nitrogen. In fact, cells also use nitrogen. So at some point, uh, it starts... Um, losing the nitrogen, and then that has a factor on toxicity. There's also some subtle differences. There are actually different strains of microcystis, the organism. One of them can produce the toxin, one can't, and they like growing in different conditions. One, in fact, the one that produces toxin grows better when there's uh, uh, a bit more light available. And so as it blooms up, it actually starts shading the light out, blocking the light. And so the strain that doesn't produce the toxin can then grow. So you actually get a shift through the season where you start off with a bloom that may be more toxic earlier, and then it ultimately becomes less toxic as you go through the season.